It's draft lottery day. And this could be a day that really does hopefully change the future of the Chicago Bulls, especially in this offseason. There's going to be so much that's determined by this offseason, and it starts off today and seeing if the Bulls can keep their pick if it falls in the top four. So we're going to talk a little bit about the draft lottery. We're also going to talk about a Bulls. Some Bulls execs apparently want to wait until Lonzo Ball is back to, before they make significant changes to the team. We'll also talk about that. Plus, can the Chicago Bulls take advantage of the expected movement to go on in this offseason around the NBA? We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. If you want to follow me, you can do so right off the top at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we're on. But let's go ahead and get into the content for today. One of the more concerning things I've heard in a while, right, is that there are some people inside the Bulls front office that want to wait on Lonzo Ball to return and pretty much want to keep this team the same. Now, when you pair this with the report that we got early last week in which the Bulls are completely ready to reshape the roster around Zach Levine, you now have two conflicting different mindsets that are kind of being presented on what the Bulls could be looking to do this offseason, right? Now, one, not, not that really either one is a foolproof plan at all, right? We, we already know the dangers of building just around Zach Levine, but I explained to you guys the other day of how reshaping the roster around Zach Levine doesn't necessarily mean or pigeonhole that the Bulls are just looking at Zach as their long-term number one guy. It means that they may be reshaping that roster around his skill set, and if they do that, it, it kind of makes the team a little bit more modern as far as when you build anyway. And you can, if you do acquire somebody that is just as good, if not better than Zach Levine, it's a more modern way of building a team and shaping a roster anyway. So it doesn't necessarily just pigeonhole, pigeonhole the Chicago Bulls. But this recent news is almost the exact opposite of that. If the Bulls are silly enough, and some people inside that Bulls organization are goddamn stupid enough to be frank, to want to wait on Lonzo Ball to return before they make changes to this roster, I'm sorry, that is one of the more idiotic things that I've read in a while. And this one comes from Sean Devini, again, who's you know been on the Bulls beat here for a while now. A lot of things that we've been hearing have come from kind of him and uh, you know around that area. But when you really look at it, right, and this is just to be realistic, Lonzo Ball is facing one of the most gruesome surgeries to return from in professional sports. And as we've talked about here, and we went into heavy detail into just, you know, the history of that injury, um, how, how, you know, the injury was watched over a number of years. And out of like the 40 people who had the injury, only like seven were able to return to sports and none returned to high level professional sports. It is an extremely dangerous concept to wait on Lonzo Ball and him being ready to return to, to, to try to make moves with this roster. And that, let me be clear here, that's not to say that. If Lonzo Ball is 100% healthy, I hope it's in the Chicago Bulls uniform. But you cannot wait on that. There's so much around that injury and so much doubt around it and cloudiness on if he's even going to be able to return. The concept of waiting for that is quite stupid, to be honest. He is facing an 18th-month recovery at the minimum, for, and it has 24 months left on his contract. It makes no sense logically in, in trying to wait 
to reshape your roster or to build a better team for Lonzo Ball to return. And especially considering the fact that, you guys know, I love Lonzo. And I, and I know saying this may trigger some people. Lonzo Ball is not a superstar level talent. He's not. He has not shown that ability to be. He is damn good. And does he have the potential to be that? Or did he have the potential before this injury? Absolutely. But we are tired of waiting on potential to a degree, like, especially when it comes to, to injury. So when you look at, when you look at the, the, the matter of fact just around Lonzo Ball's injury, how that surgery is really more about quality of life. It's not really about returning to sports, right? That surgery is just about being able to live a, a pain-free life to a degree. It is not really one of those surgeries that is built or made to get you back to sports quickly or that even really being the focus of a cartilage replacement surgery. So it's so many dangers around the concept of waiting on Lonzo Ball to be ready to return before you reshape or, or really try to make a move with your roster. And I really do hope that hearing that or, or this rumor coming out, maybe it's an old one, maybe it's somebody who said it a, a year or so ago, or you already know the random NBA exec really could be anybody. There are about 20 to 25 people in an NBA front office. So to hear that some in the front office want to wait to Lonzo Ball, for all I know, that could be some, that could be the person who brings AK his folders, That for all I know, as far as in the Chicago Bulls front office. It's so many dangers around that, and I really do truly hope that is not the direction that the Chicago Bulls go or are heavily considering uh, to, to do with this roster because I tell you what, it's going to be a long time coming. It may not ever come if that's what the Chicago Bulls roster is waiting on. Now, to move on to that, right, uh, Zach Lowe was being interviewed, and he talked about kind of the expected movement around the NBA, right? He, he said this. Uh, as far as they were talking about Joel Embiid and him potentially moving, but he said this. This is all a prelude to, I think, the next year in the NBA could be an unbelievable period of superstar and star player movement because you've just got a lot of sort of rolling situations. You have, you have one year left before the really harsh trade rules kick into place after the 2023-24 season where teams are over the second apron, like the Clippers, for instance, cannot even aggregate salaries. They can't add up money to bring in big money players. That's starting after next season. Go, go, he goes on to say this. I think that we could see a ton of movement in the offseason and up to the deadline and a ton of big names moving. That's not to say Embiid, but I think it's going to be a hot and heavy offseason and people should buckle up. Now, when the new CBA came down and they introduced that second apron where if you're in that for, I think, two, or, two seasons or more, you, you, you get penalized so heavily. You cannot take on more salary than you send out in trades, right? There's, there's a buffer in the percentage that you can take over what you send out or under what you send out on top of that. Um, you cannot trade draft picks past, I think, four years at that point. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I know it limits how many future uh, picks you can trade, which then limit your ability to add first-round picks. We've seen in the last couple of years in the NBA – Teams add three, four first-round picks to kind of sweeten the deal and push those out five, six, seven years. You're not able to do that anymore in the NBA if you're over that second tax apron. It also reduces the ability to add, to use exceptions. You still have exceptions, but they're heavily guarded at that point. We could be heading into a situation in an offseason in which in preparation of that, we see a lot of, of star names moved, and especially some of these teams that have two, three stars, but have extremely high salaries, they could be looking at jettison one or a couple of those. And the biggest question is, 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 the, is the Bulls front office even in a position to take advantage of that 
if necessary. Here's what I'll say to that. It really depends on the how with the salary cap of that other team, right? And I think in a situation where potentially Alonzo Ball contract could be looked at as being movable because a, a team could file an exception or whatever else for it if they get it. Whereas initially moving Alonzo Ball's contract seemed like such a far off possibility that now maybe it becomes more of a reality for some teams in particular situations. Expiring contracts can mean that e- that much more even in some of those deals with teams that are trying to get underneath that, that second, second tax apron. When you look at te- that players around the league that could be on the move, Dame Lillard is another one, right? Carl Anthony Towns is one. Trey Young is one. Pascal Siakam, Julius Randle, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, Zach Levine, potentially, if the Bulls look at that, we're not going to be over that second apron because we don't pay the luxury tax initially, but you never know with the size of that contract. Bradley Bill, OG Ananobi, DeAndre Ayton, right? Uh, Chris Middleton, who is a free agent, they may look to do something with. The Jalen Brown uh, of the, the, you know, with the Celtics and them, especially having now two players that qualify for the Supermax, could be looking to do something. That we could be in for a season between this offseason starting, right? And between that and the trade deadline next season and next February, we could see so much player movement around the NBA. And the biggest question is, are all the Bulls prepared or even in a position or even have a desire to maybe take advantage of a team that may have to jettison their superstar? And as much as we, I have, I have, we have rightfully so as Bulls fans critiqued our current cap situation, I'll tell you what, the Chicago Bulls do have some expiring contracts that they could use to take advantage of that. And so while I'm not going to necessarily just say and and, and, and plant my, uh, my, my statement on the fact that the Bulls are going to get in, uh, uh, um, involved in any of those trade talks, there's a possibility of it, right? There's a possibility when you look at AK and kind of his history as a GM, he maneuvers pretty well around things like that. But the biggest question is, is that while other teams are looking to avoid that second tax apron, the Chicago Bulls are just looking to avoid the luxury tax. So that does put us in a situation to where maybe we're not able to take advantage of it, but you just never know. And I know Bulls fans are already going to get to typing, well, this franchise and ownership group is cheap. Yeah, to a degree, they don't spend over the tax, but we never have been afraid to spend over the salary cap, right? We've been over the cap every year. So there is a chance that the Bulls do that. But, you know, we'll see. Um, I do think that I agree with Zach Lowe that there is going to be and potentially could be a lot of movement this next year in the NBA of teams looking to avoid this, especially teams that have built these manufactured quote-unquote super teams that just have not really gotten any level of success that they hope to get when they brought those teams together. So I do think that there's a possibility of that. And I guess we just have to watch and see with the Chicago Bulls and what they do heading into that area. But we'll see. We'll be covering it all here, right here on Chicago Bulls Central. Now, before we go, Draft Lottery is today. So just to let you guys know, a little bit of programming. I will be live on Bleacher Report at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time. Uh, just getting hype, building hype for the for the draft lottery, going over some, some opportunities and things that the Bulls could have there. But then we'll be live right here at Chicago Bulls Central during the draft lottery and watching it live so you guys get to see my reaction live as the Bulls probably give up that pick to Orlando Magic. But let's just talk about why this draft lottery could be potentially hugely changing for the Chicago Bulls. Even if they don't get the number one overall pick, we already know Victor Wimbiana projects to be a generational talent in the NBA. A player that really, his only really negatives as far as when you look at him is 
Does he stand up to injury? How, how big is that injury concern? Can he fill out his frame, right, to be able to deal with the big men in the NBA and be able to battle down low? He's already added quite a bit of, of, of size to his frame. So there's that, the question around that, right? And Victor Wimbiana clearly is the generational talent, the unicorn, if you will, in this NBA draft. We all know that. Nobody's taken away from, from Victor Wimbiana with that. Of course, if the Bulls got the number one overall pick, Victor Wimbiana is the clear-cut number one. But let's say the Bulls fall at number two or number three. Why they can still get a talent that can completely help reshape this roster and completely help add a level of talent that we need. When you look at Scoot Henderson, right, an elite-level athlete at the point guard position, he is one of the best point guard prospects that has come along in the last five to six years. And so when you look at what he's able to do, not a finished product, he's still going to have to work on his game a lot, right? But when you look at the tools that he has, that not only the the uh, the athlete that he is, even at only 6'2", still a tenacious defender, right? An explosive athlete. athlete. He has that frame, that body that reminds you of like a young Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose type frame. Now, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to have their level of production. And then he has that quick first step as well, right? Able to take players off the dribble, having those long arms, absorbing contact through finishing. He's a creative finisher around the rim as well especially when you look at a position of need for the Chicago Bulls, is being point guard. If the Bulls were to get number two or number three, and, and Scoot Henderson were, was going to be able to be there for them at either one of those picks, you bring in a player at a position of need that projects to be your starter long-term for the Chicago Bulls that can completely change the outlook of this roster. We talked about how different this team looked when they had a point guard. I tell you what, not only can Scoot Henderson score, but he's also a willing facilitator. The biggest questions around Scoot Henderson's game is, is that shot going to develop at the next level, right? Is that shot going to be able, is he going to be able to be a consistent three-point threat? Not necessarily expecting him to be a three, a knockdown three-point shooter, but if he can make that three-pointer consistent for his game, it's going to open up the floor for him and his teammates so much more. So Scoot Henderson, even if the Bulls don't get that number one pick, and they end up getting Scoot Henderson, we're getting a great point guard prospect that is going to shape and help be a part of this Bulls roster and may even take over as the franchise player sooner rather than later. But then even not looking at Scoot Henderson, you can have one of these players above the other or next. I think you're winning either way. The next one up is Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is going to be one of those forwards that just scores the damn basketball. Has some questions about his three-point shooter as well, right? Um, we know that, um, but he has the chance to be, when you look at his mechanics and everything, it's all consistent with his three-point shot. When you look at him also on the defensive side, right, a, a nice shot blocker that I wouldn't necessarily call a rim protector, but he has enough shot blocking ability that it can help you in that area that the Bulls also need help in, right? He has amazing defensive awareness. He's not necessarily the quickest player, kind of like P. Will in that area. He doesn't have the best lateral quickness, but he has the defensive instinct. He knows how to use his length and his wingspan, and he's quick enough, not fast, but quick enough to be able to guard multiple positions at the NBA level, right? And so, listen, while he's a smart defensive, defensive player as well, he's not the high-level athlete that like a Scoot Henderson is, but that's fine. He's able to use his body, his length, and his intelligence enough to where he's probably going to be more than, more than serviceable on the defensive side of the ball, but he also brings that scoring upside. And, of course, he comes in with the normal things as you expect from an NBA prospect. He's going to have to fill out his frame over the course of his first couple of years in the NBA. But 
I'm telling you guys, if the Bulls can just fall in the top three, and that's not even to say even if they fall to four that there aren't some prospects there, I'm not as high on the prospects at number four if we fall there. Like, we'll take it. Let me be clear. We'll take it. So, right now, the Chicago Bulls have the potential to, hey, if they get lucky, we really, really get lucky in the long run. So, you know, we'll be here to cover the draft. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know any other prospects. Sound off below. Do you think the three prospects that I named would be perfect for the Chicago Bulls? Or if you have any others that you guys would like, please let, the, let, let that off down below as well. If you're on the YouTube side, I'll tell you how to get it in if you're on the podcast side. Before we go, though, and I do my closing, I want to say this. If you're on the podcast side listening to Chicago Bulls Central, just go over to the YouTube side, hit the subscribe button. It's going to help the show grow. If you're only a YouTube watcher, go over to Apple uh, Podcasts, go over to Spotify, wherever you, wherever you listen to your music at. Go ahead and subscribe and leave a review for Chicago Bulls Central as well. That'll help the channel grow. The, the podcast overall grow as well. So just do that for me. But otherwise, that's my time for today. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail to get sound off on your opinions for our weekend mailbag episodes, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.